Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Literary Quest. This week, we're talking about Choosing Theo by Victoria Aveline. Choosing Theo is a an alien uh, romance. So this episode will be an after dark episode. We'll be discussing mature themes, mostly sex. Um, I will be introducing our characters and Vicky will take over with our plot. So let's start with our characters. We have Jade. Jade is our female lead. She hails from South Carolina on earth where she works as a landscape designer. She is single and her aunt who raised her as well as her parents, are dead. Uh, she is described as having bright red hair. She's pretty fiery in terms of per- personality and independent, but she also recognizes that she tends to push people away, which is why her life on earth was fairly lonely. We have Theo. He is our male lead, and he is part Clicanian. Um, through his mother's bloodline, he is also part Traxian. So that means that his predatory instincts because of the Traxian bloodline are increased. He works as a mercenary for the government and is typically viewed with disgust or fear by his fellow Clicanians because he is covered in scars. Zekas is an old family friend of Theo's and one of the first helpful people that Jade meets when she arrives on Clicania. Asiva is Theo's sister, and she becomes a friend to Jade, offering her advice on Clicanian customs. Zorus is a jerk. He is part of this high council on Tremantia, which in, in Tremantia, Tremantia is the city that this, this story takes place in. Uh, Zorus is a bigot, and he spurns Theo because he is part Traxian. So our story takes place on Clicania, which is a planet that is super far away from Earth. It is far more technologically advanced than Earth is uh, due to an illness that affected mostly females. The population of Clicania is approximately like 75% male, which has led to a breeding crisis. Uh, Clicanians are really diverse. The story takes place in Tremantia, and the Clicanians there look really similar to humans. But on other parts of the planet, their skin may be really dark or they may have wings. There's a lot of variation in what a Clicanian can look like. Uh, Vicki, you want to take over with our plot? Sure. <clears throat> so our book begins with Jade being abducted by reptilian-like aliens. <clears throat> She's caged in a spaceship for at least a week. She isn't treated nicely by the aliens, but they also don't hurt her. Although it seems like they wouldn't hesitate to if she put up a fight. Eventually, she is taken out of her cell. She's put in an escape pod. And while she struggles, um, she manages to grab a sleep spray that they had used on her. Um, They still manage to get her in the pod. It steers itself to a planet, and she finds herself in a forest. Almost immediately, she hears footsteps behind her. She blindly sprays the sleep spray and runs. She sees a city, and after some contemplation, decides it is the safest option and heads that way. 
After a few days of walking and nearing starvation and dehydration, she finds a road and a strange vehicle is traveling on it. She manages to wave the vehicle down, but passes out before getting to see who has found her. She wakes up and finds herself in a skyscraper and realizes she made it to the city. A woman comes in who looks mostly human, but not quite. While Jade can understand the woman, the woman cannot understand her. Um, they are able though to communicate through simple yes or no answers. The woman introduces herself and tells Jade that she is on a planet called Clacania. She tells Jade that she's likely from a class four planet and what happened to her was illegal across much of the universe. She also tells Jade that she would like her to meet with the city leaders so that she can tell them what happened and so that they can decide what to do with her. Jade panics a bit when she realizes that they won't be sending her home. Once everyone's translators are updated, she's taken to meet with the city leaders. While she examines the room, she notices two men who are very attractive with gold designs on their skin. She's informed that intergalactic law dictates that she needs to remain on the planet for one year, and their specific law states that for that year, she needs to be put under the protection and monitored by a resident of the planet. While they insist she cannot return to Earth, they do have tell her that they can have that she can have a say over who she goes with, and that they will only require her to live with a Canaan for three months. She's informed that there is a coupling ceremony the next day, and a man named Zekas is put in charge of getting her ready for it. When Jade ask him, asks him what this all means, he tells her that she will be a bride. This is not appealing to Jade, so she runs, which does not work. It just ends up getting guards assigned to her. So the next day, and she is taken anyway to participate in the coupling ceremony. The first part is the viewing, where the women are able to view the men from behind one-way glass. Jade notices that pretty much all the men are gorgeous and many have those golden markings that she previously saw. There are two men who really grab her attention. One looks like a sexy pirate and the other one gives off a bad boy, bad boy vibe. Unlike the other men, he has tan skin and his markings are black and look more like tribal tattoos. The other women in the room appear afraid and disgusted by him. After the viewing, she pretends that she didn't like any of the men and that she wants to go home. Zekas explains to her why they have these coupling ceremonies. A plague wiped out around 70% of the women and 80% of new children are males. Women pick a male to marry for a few months to decide if the male is worthy of raising a child. The men have to prove themselves to the women. In fact, men are taught in school how to do things like cook and please a woman. Zekas assures her that if after the three months she wants to stay in the Pearl Temple with other single females, she can do that as long as she continues edu her education, um, or she can also choose to get married again. Based on all this information, she feels much better about participating in the coupling ceremony. So the next step is for her to pick three to five males that she's interested in. Then she'll be given their file, which will basically have their grades. For this part, she's introduced to Asiva as they believe she might be more comfortable having some of these discussions with another female. She picks three men, one who was attractive, the sexy pirate, and the bad boy. The attractive one is ruled out pretty quickly because Zekas doesn't think they'll get along as he's somewhat vain. The sexy pirate turns out to be a favorite among the women, which put Jade, puts Jade off a bit. When they get to the bad boy, his name turns out to be Theo, Zekas, and Asiva assure her that she, he is a great male, but he has never been picked because of his looks and probably won't be prepared to have a wife or know how to behave. They review Theo's test scores anyway and report that he scored a one in looks, three in conversation, but a 10 in cooking and a 10 in sexual proficiency. 
The next step is the testing, where the men are blindfolded and the women test them, mostly in sexual ways. Zegas has gone to tell Theo that he has been chosen. Theo is not down for it because the last time it happened, it wasn't become a, because a woman was actually interested in him, but rather so that she could see his scars up close. Theo is ready to refuse to go, but Zegas reminds him that it is the law and that he'll tie him up and take him in if necessary. So they both arrive for the testing. Theo is in a room blindfolded and Jade goes in, not really sure what to do. As she gets closer to him, he smells her and then licks her. He's aroused, she is aroused, but then she leaves because it's kind of weird. Theo is upset with himself because he believes he scared her, doesn't understand why he even did that to begin with, and he feels ashamed. She picks him anyway. He assumes, uh, because of all this, that she is some sort of spy or assassin. He is a mercenary and has quite a few enemies. They go to his house, which is gorgeous, and the sexual tension is thick. He ruins it by demanding that she tell him who she is and who sent her and trying to intimidate her. Jade goes to her room and worries that she may have made the wrong decision. Theo decides that the best way to prove Jade is not who she said she is, is to put her in uncomfortable situations. His first idea is to introduce her to his pet, which turns out to be similar to a dog. Jade is thrilled by this because dog, and Theo is not sure what to make of it. He tells her that it is tradition for husband and wife to bathe together on their second night of marriage. Jade dislikes that idea and she tries to run. He catches her and they end up bathing anyway. They get to know each other a bit. Jade reveals that her mother died in childbirth and her father died after a long illness, so she was raised by her aunt. Theo reveals that his black markings are actually scars. He and his mother were visiting her home planet, Traxia, when it was attacked. His mother died and he was badly burned, turning the normally shiny and gold markings black. Things get a little heated in the bath as well. It results in Theo purring and then running out of the bathing room. Asiva comes over and brings a bunch of clothes and tells Jade that she should have ordered more. <clears throat> she explains that money is viewed very differently. Asiva also tells Jade that she is Theo's sister. When Jade tells Asiva about the bathing ritual, she tells her that that's not a real tradition. So they come up with a fake tradition for Theo and they call it female's choice. Jade get to pick whatever activity she wants. She decides to teach Theo how to kiss. It escalates quickly and ends with them having sex in the woods. Theo is terrified he has hurt her in some way and that she will regret everything. However, he begins to realize that he cares deeply for her and also begins to trust that she is actually attracted to him and cares for him too. He decides that he will not let her go at the end of these three months. Jade is having similar thoughts about how to convince Theo to let her stay. There is an actual tradition that they have to go to, the gathering. It is at the end of the first month of marriage so that everyone can see all the happy couples and perhaps meet future wives or husbands at the end of three months. Theo struggles with watching other men hit on Jade. He tells his sister that he wants Jade to stay and she offers to find out if Jade would be interested. Jade tells her that she does want to stay with Theo and, and it's brought up how his eyes can sometimes change to black. Siva realizes that Jade and Theo are mates. The downside of that is that it can make the male somewhat erratic if the bonds aren't recognized. The gathering is going okay until Theo sees Jade laughing with Zoros, a bigot, and drags her out of the party. She tells him to go for a run to cool down and they can talk when he has calmed down. However, while Theo is out, there is an intruder and Jade is kidnapped. So what happens? Does Theo find her? Who's kidnapped her? You'll have to read the book or listen to find out there are spoilers ahead. 
So this was a reread, I think, for both of us, right? Yeah. 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 I I don't know what made me pick up this book to begin with. I guess it was the cover. Was this a half naked man on the front cover? On the I mean, with I mean, that <laughs> that probably helps. Although I feel like I read a lot of books with half naked men on covers. So <laughs> I don't know what it was about this one that particularly grabbed my interest. Let's see what separates this half naked man from the others. It's the tattoos, maybe. I think it is probably the tattoos. Nikki is drawn in by tattoos. So maybe it's that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even have a head. Yeah. A naked torso <laughs> and pants. Well, whatever. It works. He <laughs> okay. doesn't even have a face. <laughs> I so mean, many of them don't. So you're so right. So many of them don't. I wonder, I wonder why that is. Because that is really common. Is it so they can like recycle the the cover models more easily because then you know like you start to see multiple faces and you're like oh you're from the cover of blah 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 mm-hmm. I've seen your face before whereas maybe with a torso it's like I don't recognize this torso without a face <laughs> I feel like that's that's likely you know because you do associate people with the covers yeah um, maybe so maybe I I mean it is a very nice torso it is yeah so I read this book because you recommended it mm-hmm. I was it, really glad that I did yeah you know like alien books can be really hit or miss sometimes and this was just a big hit yeah it was a big hit I really uh enjoyed the way that this one was written mm-hmm. it reminded me a little bit of Zoe Draven who is my favorite alien romance yes author so yes. I liked it um this uh this alien romance introduces some things that we haven't seen in the other alien romances that we've read now something that we have seen is females being wiped out by a plague that's so common it's that's happened in several of the books yeah that's happened in several of the books that we've read. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, poor females on these alien planets. <laughs> I know. Just all wiped the time. Out. It's like they're either wiped out or all of a sudden they're infertile and nobody can have babies. Mm-hmm. It's always, always that. Yeah. 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 When did that happen in Ice Planet Barbarians? I don't, you know, I only read one of the Ice Planet. It, it probably did. And I've only read one I of the Ice Planet. I want to say that it did. And it happened in one of Zoe Draven's series as well. I think it was at the Warriors of Luxury. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think um, it happened in one of her series too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, it's tough to be a female on an alien planet, y'all. <laughs> yep. You're either so- going to be infertile or you're going to get the plague. <laughs> It's like living on earth right now <laughs> is this what's happening are we are we an alien romance novel oh no we're the wrong race or not the we wrong are. race the wrong gender There's no, we don't have any vibrating penises here this is um, not what i signed up for it's very disappointing it is real disappointing <laughs> we need to evolve <laughs> 
it's the DACA. That's the DACA from Zoe Draven. The vibrating, mm-hmm. no, yeah, the vibrating penis mm-hmm. nub. Perfect for clitoral simulation. So convenient. Very convenient. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have any penis anomalies in this book. No, but he does purr, which and causes the, and it causes vibrations. Yes. So. I was very interested in the purring. Me too. I was like, okay. <laughs> I could get on board with this. You're purring. Yes. Like it just, <laughs> the first time it happens, it's that bath scene. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's so unexpected. Yeah. And that would definitely surprise me. I'd be like, why are you purring? And it's clearly something that like he can't really control either, which is really yes. cute. Yeah. It's really cute. I think I would feel really prideful if I could get my partner to purr like when oh, I, yeah. my cats do it I feel like I've accomplished something if I'm petting <laughs> my cats and they start purring like, oh it did something right so mm-hmm. if a human did it mm-hmm. or alien I guess if a uh, human or human s- similar to human things did it because of me I would feel very proud yeah and it would definitely help with um if you ever had any issues like determining their mood or anything like that, you know, yeah. they said they're purring. So, you know, they're really happy. Yeah. So I guess kind of back to the original point, we're talking about this world, right? Um, because they've had all of their women or most of their women wiped out, right? They've adapted to where the men, um, I, I don't want to say like seek to please because I think mean, that's what it is, right? So the women become very picky, I guess, in who they choose to mate with, right? And they can yeah. like in this, they have these um, ceremonies so that the women can pick like every three months um, who might who they might want to have a baby with, who might be worthy for it, and stuff like that. And in order to be picked, because the men want to have you know children, um, they have to meet certain requirements and they have to be appealing in a certain way. Right. And so the men are expected to do things like cook and clean and um, they go to husbandry school. So they learn anatomy. They learn the best way to please a woman. Uh, What else is on there? Communication was one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else did they learn? Like being able to estimate your partner's needs and things like that or things that they might like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you say anatomy? Yeah. Anatomy. So I was kind of conflicted about this because if we were to flip this, right, this wouldn't be great, right? We wouldn't be thrilled with this. No. But we keep in mind the context. First off, it's it's fiction, right? And we also keep in mind context that like all the women are have been struck by the plague. Um, And also in this situation, men can still they don't have to do this. No. Well, no, they do have to do this, but they don't have to be husbands if they don't want, right? They have careers. They can buy their own houses. They can choose. They have a lot of choice still Yes, in their lives. Um, I guess Theo didn't really have a choice in her picking him, though. Yeah. So it's a little problematic, I think. It is. I, yeah, I think keeping the context in mind here is important. Because if we had to do all, like if the situation was flipped around, I wouldn't like this for females, but also like the population is 80% males and 20% females. And we know 
that females are able to get pregnant a finite amount of times and their birth, their pregnancy cycle is like six months on this planet rather than nine, 10 months for humans, which, okay. But the, the reverse of that would be, so if we had like 80% females and 20% males, I mean, males aren't limited by restrictions like that. So it makes me, I mean, it makes me wonder if the opposite of this were the case, if there would still be like if the females would go through this type of schooling because one male could impregnate like so many females in a short period of time but a female can only be impregnated once every six or so months so um so considering factors like that it makes it a little bit I feel like it's a little bit less problematic. And from a science perspective, the things that they're doing, it it makes sense. So they bring this up in the book that women tend to be more fertile, more likely to procreate, to reproduce when they're happy. And we know that people tend to uh, be able to procreate, carry pregnancy, more ideally with fewer health issues when women feel safe they're not under like a sensation of constant threat right and so it makes sense that if you're trying to maintain your population that you would want the people responsible for impregnating the females to be able to create those feelings for them of safety and security And also the females are put in a very difficult position after they have the children where they don't get to stay with their kids, which is hard. And I'll get to that in a second, but it would make you, it would go, it would provide a lot of feelings of security and stability in knowing that your partner was successful in scoring well in all of these classes and training sort of things that they have to do because the father essentially essentially becomes a single parent after the child is produced. Mm-hmm. And so knowing they're proficient in all of these skills goes a long way towards creating those stability feelings after the pregnancy has ended, the child has arrived. So it sounds awful and kind of sexist, but that in this sense. alien world, it <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Well, Jay brings up an interesting point because she said if that happened on Earth, that it would basically just descend into chaos. We'd end up to like destroying ourselves in a couple of decades, that there would be a lot of rape and murder and all of this sort of stuff. Um, what's your take on that? I don't like on this planet, women are valued and taken care of. And when women are mistreated, the punishment is death. If a woman is raped, the punishment is death. If, I mean, negative, like even Theo, he's worried about going to prison for lying to her about some of these rituals. So the punishment for violating females is steep. And just based on the way punishments like that are handled in the United States right now, I'm going to say 
it would not be much better for females. It would probably, so it would probably turn into the hands ma- handmaid's tale. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That was my thought too. I was like, we saw like the handmaid's tale is this kind of situation yes. on earth though, right? Yeah. Cause the women start being, stop being able to have babies. I don't know yeah. if there's like a plague that kills off women. I don't remember that being a thing, but uh, a lot of women be- or a lot of men, maybe it's the men too who were infertile, but anyway, kids, you know, um, children start being a problem. And yeah, that's what we saw. And it's interesting. It's much easier to imagine that our society would go in that direction, handmaid's tail direction, versus this, a society that adapts and changes to where the women are valued more, you know, and taken care of and seen as, um, yeah, like value. Yeah. Important. Valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Instead of just, you know, dispensable and property and you know, if we keep talking about this, I'm just going to get really pissed off. So. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that we see this so much in these like alien romances, yeah. right? That um, this idea that the society then changes to make women really valuable. It's not, they're not caged. They're not forced to procreate or anything ever. The ones that can, but it's the shift um, in mentality. And I wonder if that comes from somewhere in the author's like psyche or something like hey what if we had a planet that you know a species that really liked their women and didn't treat them like crap yeah and actually took care of them and saw them as at least equals if not better than how about Mm -hmm. that how about that um yeah what a novel idea this is kind of a depressing conversation (laughs) it's nice how we can take something as wonderful and light as a sci-fi alien <laughs> romance and bring it down with inequality Mm-mm. well let's continue Yay. on this uh comparison here okay. this planet also has like universal health care and yeah. people. <laughs> i want to live on this planet basic needs are met what a novel idea mm-hmm Yep, you don't have to worry about shelter. You don't worry have to worry about starving to death. You, you know, you're don't have to worry about dying. Yeah. I mean, you know, your health of an illness are are covered. Yeah. Yes, and then if you want extra things or nice things like being able to, you know, have a house and procreate, then you just make more money. Mm-hmm. Sounds fun. Yeah. At first, so at first when I was reading this, it seemed unfair to me that people that didn't have sufficient funds were not able to have a wife or a child. Um, but when you consider like the, the funds that go into raising children, kids are expensive. Mm -hmm. And when you consider that the male has to demonstrate all of these skills, um, and have the funds to be a single parent, it seems less harsh to me. Like kids are expensive and kids are really needy. You need skills to care for them. You need money to kill for them, to kill for them. Uh, (laughs) You need skills and money to care for them. And so if the parent has amassed enough wealth, um, 
to support the kid while also being able to retire. Can you imagine like how much that would benefit the child? Like the parent would be able to be present for the kid instead of having to work and someone else raise them, right? Yes. It's like maternity leave Mm -hmm. or paternity leave. Yep. Parental leave. Parental parental leave. And there are so many studies detailing the, I don't, we just keep pulling this back to real life. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I'm no, cause I'm, I'm on that like track too, kind of, because I'm thinking about how, you know, at first you say, oh, it seems unfair, but they equal it out as much as they can. Right. There's no inherited wealth in this. They bring that up too. Cause that's a, that's a big problem. Right. And it's mentioned in the book too, how big of a problem that is on earth, especially you know, where we are, this inherited wealth, um, family wealth, it's not earned, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so people are just born into money. Yeah. We're on this planet. It goes into the government and then the government provides jobs and the government provides food and housing and healthcare. And then people can make more of that money if they want or not. Okay. Okay. So that, that was our real world <laughs> application. Let's talk about that foam. Let's talk about fun things. Let's talk about foam. <laughs> Don't apply to real life. Let's talk about the foam. Um, it sounds interesting. It sounds like it would be you just like you just. I mean, it's like hand sanitizer, but your whole but for your whole body, and it actually gets you clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if that was the only option, I feel like that'd be really terrible. Like this, like just foam covering you to get you clean it sounds like kind of like eats the dirt off or something like that I don't know dissolves it um but luckily they do actually have like water and baths and showers if if you need it because I think there's something about like feeling like hot water relaxing you but also feeling clean yeah I don't know how clean I would feel if it was just foam yeah you know um I think it, the foam would be really nice. It takes, I have gotten to the point where I wash my hair like one to two times a week now, just because it's so long and thick and it takes forever. Like it t- I have to amp myself up to wash it now because it takes forever. So the idea of this foam sounds really nice to me. If I could have clean hair in two minutes or less with just foam, I'd be on board for that. I do think it's interesting, uh, a Siva, we find out is Theo's sister, Asiva comes over one day and she's explaining their customs and why they don't get close to the animals. And it's actually really sad. Like, I feel like the, so the men go through a lot of this training to demonstrate their ability to please women, to meet their needs, to help them be comfortable with procreating with them. But then that's great. The women, the women benefit greatly from that. They are treated nicely. They get nice food. They have pretty clothes and jewelry and stuff. Like, I, I guess if you want to make women as simple as just being materialistic creatures like that, great. Materialism and security. Asiva explains that the women tend to not get close to the animals because it makes it harder to leave. Mm-hmm. The clothing, the jewelry, the things that they take from the relationship are like the tokens of comfort that they have because they don't get to stay with the person. They don't get to see their children. Asifa has two kids that she can't and doesn't see and doesn't want to see because she won't want to leave them. She'll form an attachment. 
and that will negatively affect her and the person that she's supposed to be with next. And it will affect the kids and their father. So they have all of these things that they can take with them and they have the security in the relationship, but it's pretty sad that they don't, they, they're not allowed to form those bonds unless they're like mates, which is very rare. Oh, do they also don't talk about like the child's point of view in this at all, which, you know, obviously like we don't really see any children. I don't think at all in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and of what it's like to grow up without a mother because Theo's parents were a love match. I don't know if they were mates. They weren't mates. No. But they did just, they were in love, right? Um, so he did have a mother for a while until she, was, she died. Yeah, until until that. Um, when he was 13, so that's what he, he saw. Um, but they don't talk about how other kids, like how it might affect their development or how they perceive not having a, a mother mm-hmm. in the picture. It'd be interesting to see it from that point of view. Yeah. So Theo is really sweet. Okay. But he's but a butthead first. He is. But you even see the sweetness at first. Okay. Let's talk about like their first verbal interaction together because that's one of my favorites. It's so funny to me. So she shows up, right? So she changed out of her clothes into like his shirt and that's all she's wearing. <clears throat> and I like a pair of underwear right? Because the pants wouldn't fit. And so he sees her and he like clutches the glass and breaks it. Mm -hmm. And he like is really nice. And he like sweeps her off her feet and puts her on the counter so that she doesn't cut herself on any of the glass. And this is like, she's just kind of like blabbing to him right now. So she realizes Mm -hmm. that he has, you know, like glass in his hand and she's just kind of blabbing. And she goes, I'd like to lick all of your tattoos. Yes. and that's when she realizes that he had his translator updated and could understand her because he's like would you now and there's something about that scene that I really like because then she's like no 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 wait that's not what I meant I didn't know you could understand me Mm -hmm. I love that it was really cute Mm -hmm. and also I like it because he experienced like tenderness for the first time in his life so he sweeps her off her feet to keep her from getting injured but he his hand is bleeding because Mm -hmm. he's got like glass embedded into his hand from where he smashed the glove the uh glass and so jade removes the glass from his hand and this is the first time he's experienced another person caring for him and showing him tenderness and that's so sweet and sad for him I I feel sad for him he's not sad he enjoys it but it's so sweet to read that um because his first the first time he experiences tenderness from another person it's a complete stranger I um I really like how later on he starts thinking about how the relationship is like evolving and everything. And he wonders if he can just like touch her whenever he wants, you know, the way that he saw his parents do like these affectionate little touches, I guess that they would have, you know, as you just naturally have with your partner, I think. And um, 
and he's just so like could I have that and I was like Theo oh like he wants that yeah and he's fighting it so hard at first and she's like come on just come on yeah it is really sweet and that's what makes their relationship his relationship with a human different from the relationships with the other clickanians because it sounds like even in the relationships where they're married the the female kind of keeps herself separate from the male party so they're they have separate bedrooms a lot of times they don't sleep together those she jade gives Theo permission to touch him anytime she he wants he doesn't have to ask he can just do it and it doesn't sound like that's typical that's the case on this planet either and so I mean if you think just think about like how many times you touch your partner and you don't stop and ask permission like is it okay can I touch you can I hold your hand like with kissing things like that those things that we I feel like we sort of just take for granted as normal in our relationships they're a big deal on this planet which I think is interesting because I think we underestimate how intimate touch can be and how important touch can be there are lots of studies about the benefits of being touched and I think we're seeing some of the effects of the loss of that because of COVID and the lack of interaction that we're having with other people but I just love the attention that Theo draws to really simple things like that. Being able to sleep next to her or hold her hand or touch her hair or her face or hug her. So he develops into this really sweet, adorable person. And we see those tendencies from at the beginning. We do see them. Um, at like the beginning, said, he's resisting he's it. Yes, yeah. and like you said, he's a butthead. Um, because that first interaction, then after that, though, is pretty intense. He kind of like shoves her up against a wall, mm-hmm. and is pretty intimidating. He gets um, a little aggressive with her. He, yeah, he gets kind of aggressive, like borderline scary. I would think yeah. probably you know, um, and she's just kind of like okay fine and leaves but yeah he he's so convinced that she's somebody sent to like kill him or spy spy. on him like okay come on dude yeah but part of that is him just having poor self-esteem yes he doesn't believe that anyone could be because nobody has ever been attracted to him before he doesn't believe that her feelings for him are real Mm-hmm. because he's been rejected by females for his entire life. Yes. So part of that is just him being insecure and having low self-esteem. Oh my gosh. In that part where he says like, he didn't want to go back with Zika's to the testing because the last time it happened, it was just somebody who wanted to see the beast up close or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was so sad for him. Dad. Yeah. Yeah. He just wants to be loved mm-hmm. and appreciated for it. I mean, but how uh, materialistic and vain is this society, though? Like, they have all these other parts that are great, like the healthcare and the whatever. But then, if you have scars, shun, shun. 
I know. And like really intense shunning too. Like, I mean, yeah. Okay. He can have a job and stuff and he does find women that like will, will have sex with him. Um, but, um, you know, otherwise they like recoil in disgust from him. It's like, it's not, I don't understand that even if he wasn't attractive like you don't recoil from ugly people like people who are generally ugly I don't see them and go Ugh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just those just basic manners <laughs> yeah I think some of it goes into um some I think some of it goes back to being a little bit of bigotry as well we see that with Zorus he's a bigot he or a racist is a racist I guess he's a bigot he scorns what's his name oh Theo he scorns Theo because he is part Traxian and they're inferior basically they're beastly and so maybe some of it's because his of his scars maybe some of it's also because he is halfway or he half of his heritage is different and they're just racist and it it is so irritating to me when people are mean to Theo don't be a bully (laughs) right and especially because he's this like big strong tough guy but he has feelings too he does meh I loved how um, I loved how defensive of him Jade was, though, when they go to that gathering mm-hmm. and that one female is talking about how she I, ugh, she's talking to Jade about how she, when she used to have sex with Theo, she would uh, always face away from him and then leave as soon as possible. And Jade is like, yeah, maybe you just shouldn't look at him ever again. Get mm-hmm. out. Like, yes, girl. I love that. And then she flips her off, and the girl doesn't know what's going on, but she looks offended anyway. Mm-hmm. I picture somebody like clutching their pearls and scurrying yes. away. Same <laughs> chest clutching. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, I loved. I really like Jade. She's very fiery, and even mm-hmm. when Theo is aggressive with her, like she doesn't really let him push her around a whole lot. And I don't think that I, like, if he pushed push me up against a wall and accused me of being a spy, I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to stay in my room. <laughs> I don't really care what you think. I am just going to stay over here with the dog. Bye. At that point, she didn't have the dog, though. Oh, yeah. I think if she had the dog at that point, too, she'd probably be like, I, I bet that's what she would have done, though. <laughs> We've read in several books where the female will become aroused and the male party can smell it, which I is just so awkward. I feel like in this case, it was useful because he then knows that she's actually attracted to him. Yes. Yeah. It gives some good cues in this situation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Still awkward. But definitely, I think this is the first time where we've met a society that was actually prepared to do something about this situation. And so we introduced granny panties. (laughs) Love that. 
super thick underwear that hides the scent of arousal. <laughs> yep. This book addresses some things that we don't really see, like that are really common that we don't see addressed, right? Like, I feel like that is definitely something that would, if this was an actual evolutionary trait, right? Yeah. I could 100% see us developing something like that. Yes. Right. Because the conflicts that would develop out of this issue. Mm -hmm. And then also they actually address the fact that they are so similar, you know, in terms of like how they look. Yeah. And their anatomy. Oh, yes. They talk about convergent evolution. I was like, yeah. okay, let's break some science into this book. I like yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, I loved that because we do see a, so many of the alien books. And I'm not just saying them. It's, oh, he was like a man, except he was just seven foot tall. And I don't know, maybe he had like pointed ears or something, you know, like tons of like lots of that. Nobody ever addresses, like, wow, we have like, the same stuff (laughs) like you know yes but in this it's addressed the um like you said the evolution is addressed all that I yeah it was great I love that I liked that too I also like so we mentioned the arousal there's one scene where uh Theo has just helped Jade achieve an orgasm uh, but as someone knocks on the door, so he leaves and tells her to stay in the room and he goes to answer the door and it's Zorus who sucks. Zorus is at the door being a butthead and Theo gets angry with Jade because she leaves his room after orgasming. Zorus is there. She still smells like arousal plus, plus Theo and Zorus is attracted to her, the smell of the arousal or something. And so I almost got pissed off for a second because he's mad at Jade for leaving the room. But then he says other males reactions to her weren't her fault. It was the responsibility of the male to control his urges, even when confronted with a female who seemed willing and ready. And I said, yes, sir, you are correct. And I appreciate this statement. Good job on you. Mm -hmm. Make it the male's responsibility. Yes, I know. And he self-corrects him there too, himself. That's one of the things that I really like about that is that it's a self-correction on his part. He recognizes his, the fault in his like original logic of being mad at her. Yep. Um, And course corrects kind of Mm -hmm. and redirects the blame. Yeah. Yep. I loved it. It Mm -hmm. is not her responsibility to be in charge of his actions. Yes, sir. Do it. You good. Yes. I've loved that. When Asiva is talking to Jade about the courses that Theo takes, she mentions anatomy and Jade is like anatomy. What does that mean? And Asiva says, well, you want him to be able to find all of the right locations. Right. And so, uh, I love the idea of teaching and that basic anatomy to people basically we're going to bring it back to the human race for a second i love the idea of a society a society that prioritizes teaching the female anatomy and prioritizes pleasure when it comes to sex instead of generating these feelings of shame about our bodies and about sex and about pleasure jade makes this comment about she says so many guys on earth spent their whole lives searching for the elusive clitoris and yes 
men, males may struggle to find the clitoris, but I will tell you, there are also females out there who don't have any idea where their clitoris is. They don't know how to achieve an orgasm. And so they don't know how to approach sex, knowing what they enjoy. And then they have bad sex because they don't know what they like because they've never explored their bodies before. And then they don't know how to convey that information to their partner because sex, especially where I live in this country is wrapped up in all of these ideas of shame. So I love in this book, when they talk about um, like the course, (laughs) the coursework in sexual proficiency and anatomy, because it prioritizes pleasure without generating feelings of negativity about our bodies. We need sex education that does that. On a little bit of another note, um, still in the same train of thought. So the sexual proficiency class, what do you think that was like? So I know at the end there's a test, right? Where some women are blindfolded and then they rate their lovers, right? Yeah. But what do you think the class itself was like? Because there's the anatomy class, right? Mm-hmm. Which is separate from the sexual proficiency class. So yeah. I'm just trying to imagine like how that course would go. Yeah. Are there a lot of diagrams? Are there like dummies that they practice? Like what? Is it a lot of theory? Is how much practical <laughs> application is in there? What is this class? Well, Asiva does say that like older females who aren't mm-hmm. at reproductive age anymore volunteer to be models. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's that. There, It sounds like there is a practical application because there's a test. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's like a seminar on thrusting techniques. Right. <laughs> positioning options theo says so uh when theo and jade have sex one of the times she uh it's with her on top and facing him and he says that most of the time the females have been not and not facing him and certainly not on top so um i don't know maybe in pelvic motion maybe Mm, pre-penetration activities Maybe there's a class on foreplay, oral stimulation, maybe. I don't know. I would also be very curious to discover what goes into this class. Yep. I would like the syllabus. I'd like to see (laughs) the syllabus for that class, please. The objectives for the semester. In this class, you will learn. It's interesting that... So he has no problem uh, performing oral sex on her, but when she goes to give it to him, he's like shocked. Apparently yeah. this isn't something like um, Clicanians do. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. I guess, I mean, the women aren't learning how to please men, but it seems like they, I don't know, like a natural thing to want to also do something to for your partner. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know. It kind of seems like reciprocity is not as valued here. We see that there's this sort of, this sort of comes up with their meals too. So Theo makes food that Jade will like, but she notices at one of their meals that he's not really eating the food 
where he's pushing it away or he doesn't look like he's enjoying it. So she asks him what kind of food he likes and he, it's something completely different and it's not something that she likes. And so she requests that he makes it, that he make it for their next meal and it shocks him. He's surprised because, so it sounds like the things that the males enjoys aren't enjoys. It seems like the things that the men males enjoy are not really priority here, which I guess I get. You want the females to be happy so that they'll reproduce. Yeah. But I can see how that would be shocking to him that she would want to reciprocate. Mm -hmm. She offers to help clean and cook too. And he's like, what? No. Yeah. Why do you want to use the dishwasher? I think what's wrong with you? Yeah. I was going to say back to anatomy because I forgot about this. Is that um, the um, after they have an orgasm, their vagina kind of like closes for business for 24 hours? Yes. Which is an interesting evolutionary trait. Um, I could see that making sense though. Yeah. You know, uh, trapping everything in there. I could definitely see that. Trapping, yep, the semen in there. I could definitely see that making sense evolutionary-wise. I want to say this happens with animals as well. Um, Cats have a barbed penis. I want to say dogs, wolves. I want to say wolves. They have that knot, too. Yeah. Um, That, so when it's removed from the other animal's vagina, causes it to swell, which traps the semen in as well also makes it harder for other animals to penetrate um so that they can't get impregnated by someone something else so yes it does make sense Mm -hmm. we see that kind of in the animal kingdom i am curious about the female orgasms of the other clicadians so for 80 percent ish of female population, 80% of human female population uh, require more than just vaginal stimulation to achieve an orgasm. Only about 20% of human, it's weird that I have to clarify that. Only about 20% of women are able, females are able to climax from vaginal penetration alone. Like 80% of us require more than that clitoral stimulation or something else to achieve orgasm. Clicanians lack a clitoris. It's just vaginal stimulation. So I'm very curious about like the, this, I'm very curious about female orgasms with these aliens. Like, do they have more nerve end? Is there an equivalent amount of nerve endings within the vaginal canal that help them to achieve orgasm as what occurs in the clitoris? If we're similar evolutionarily, I want to know. I'm curious about the science. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's mentioned, the doctor says to her, oh, whoever, like, whichever male you choose is going to be very lucky because it'll be so easy to please you. Yeah. And that made me think too, I was like, I wonder what they have to do, like the best, yeah. That is where like maybe a different shaped penis or something might come in handy, I guess, if there is like that, if the men had evolved, like, I don't know, I guess it's 
curvy or penis yeah, or, yeah. or g-spot stimulation right exactly they make dildos like that mm-hmm. jade teaches theo how to kiss that's her ladies night choice teaching mm-hmm. him how to kiss i this is one of my favorite scenes in the book it is so sweet like he's so nervous about it and we've yeah. seen other books where uh, the the two like the males and females in the race can't kiss each other. Usually, it's because they both have large teeth fangs, and the kissing doesn't work. That's not the case in this book. I don't think they have elongated canines or anything that's preventing Placanians from kissing each other. I think it's just that they don't want that type of intimacy uh, because the male and the female are going to have to separate at some point. Not so in this situation. So Jade teaches them how to kiss. And it is so sweet because he starts out being very nervous, like closed mouth, <laughs> no tongue. And then he opens his mouth a little bit. She sneaks her way in and he's super into it from that point forward. And I just love it. It's so cute. Yeah, it's a really, it's, it's really sweet. And I also like the other um, Cocanian's reaction to that, though. So we really only see, I think, her, um, his brother's reaction at the very end in the epilogue, mm-hmm. um, where he's like, what are you doing? And like, oh, it's kissing. And he's like, it looks like you were trying to eat each other. And it does make me think, I bet you, like, an alien society or alien race that comes up here probably would look like we're trying to eat each other's faces. <laughs> Barbaric humans. Mm-hmm their bizarre mating habits Mm -hmm. this first kissing scene leads into their first um their first sex scene like penis and vagina penetration sex scene and i love that too because jade plays on theo's predatory instincts to get him to pursue her she because he doesn't want to he is resisting sex with her because he wants to be aggressive and he's afraid of hurting her i'm sweet his reasoning is sweet and so she says i know you're not gonna like this but i'm gonna do it anyway so she takes off running and she knows that he can't resist the traxian in him will want to chase yes i love that especially because as she's running and so she like goes towards the woods instead of this like beach Um, which by the way his house and where it is sounds like amazing sounds like paradise Um, yeah sounds like absolute paradise but so she goes to the woods and she like hears him roar yeah (laughs) and then he comes out and is stalking her you know Mm -hmm. and she runs and then I love it because she also still kind of like so he catches her right but she has to like half-heartedly kind of puts up a fight to keep up with that like um you know his predatory instincts and stuff yeah finally yeah but even when he's in that like mindset of being he's still nice to her he still makes sure he's like do you hurt? Are you yeah. okay? You know, so he's not that. He's still careful rough. with her. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And she does a very good job of reassuring him, which I love because after they have, so they have sex like outside on the ground and he feels ashamed because he feels like he behaved like an animal basically. And she does a really good job of reassuring him. And I like that too. I, we don't get just a ton of other real descriptive sex scenes after that, which is fine. Um, But what we do get are a couple of passages where Theo talks about how much he loves spending time with Jade and how 
much he enjoys the intimacy that they craft with each other and how like she blows his mind when she gets on top of him for sex and they have sex face to face. The author does a really good job of crafting intimacy between them and I appreciate it. Yeah, I really love their relationship and I really love seeing it evolve and seeing him finally come to accept it. It's it's a great Even story. I got a little frustrated because even at the well, end, he's like, well, I don't care if she is a spy. <laughs> I love her now, so I'm just going to have to keep her. <laughs> oh, well. Just accept it, man. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, so they mention that there are, so we meet a couple different side characters and they do mention that there are some other, um, evolutionary, the different like Clucanians around, right? Mm-hmm. So they mention there's ones with wings. So I, uh, hope she writes one about one of the ones with wings. Cause you know, I would love to read that book. We also meet one, I want to say it's like Ragor or something like that. Rago. 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 And he's got like horns and uh, Jade describes him as a demon, right? Looking like a demon, sort of, but not in a like bad way. I I want to read his book. Sexy Demon. Yes. Sexy Demon. Um, And then we have the Sexy Pirate, even though he is a normal, well, I don't want to say normal, but you know, he's the typical um, Canaan male i think with he, he was the sexy pirate the uh fejo 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 him the, he actually yeah. Yeah, he, i don't know i don't know i was i was pronouncing it fejo but he actually has a um the next book in the series is coming out is about him oh and, really mm-hmm. that's exciting yes i'm excited to read it i think it's coming out in january but that's not nice yeah um but yes, so she describes him when she first sees him as like the sexy pirate. And I pictured Elton John. I don't know why. Elton John what? is neither of those things to me. But it's mainly because he comes out with like rings on. Really, it's because of this description. So his first description is he comes out with like rings on and like this really flamboyant kind of outfit or something like that. And then it gets to her describing him as the sexy pirate. And I was like, well, now he's Elton John in my head. But okay. <laughs> now I get to read a love story about Elton John. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I like that you went to Elton John and not like Captain Jack Sparrow. Let's talk about how this book ends. So they go to this gathering. The people there are very rude and extremely mm-hmm. nosy. Everybody is hitting on Jade. Alternatively, being very rude to Theo. And Zorus lays his hands on Jade and Theo, who is in the midst of mating or recognizing his mate in Jade, loses it. He's very territorial. Can't control it. Mate things are happening. Zorus is still a dirtbag. Anyway, Jade tells uh, Theo to calm his ass down and so they go home and Theo wanders off to calm down and Jade I don't know is pissed off a little bit anyway Zorus no it's not it's not Zorus that shows up at the house is it 
It's no. Needed. Yeah, that guard that she punched her first yeah. day there. So our girl, not one to take things laying down the first day that she arrives or the first day that she's brought to um, whatever this tower is. And they're like, hey, you're going to get married. She's she's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Uses the first opportunity to escape and punches a guard in the face because she's amazing like that. Well, that guard turns back up at her house after the gatherings like you're going to get it now. So it turns out Zorus and his nasty friends have been kidnapping people from all across the universe for years and experimenting on them. And Jade is next. And I was so pissed off and then also very worried that we were going to witness some sexual assault at the end of this book. Luckily, we did not. Luckily, we did not. (laughs) Yeah, I really hated when he was like, oh, Zoro, Zora said that I could have you and he's done. I hate that. Gross. Hate that. Women uh, are not property. Nobody no. is property. Um, so Zorus does his weird science confession about being very committed to the continuation of their race. And she convinces him. This I was so, oh, this part was just so so jade is being held captive and convinces zorus that she is totally on board with being his vessel for carrying his semen to try to escape from this situation and is successful she gets it gets him to believe her story and he does release her and she does um attack him and try to run away she just also gets attacked back and injured and our man theo finds her in time because he can follow her smell because they're mates but i was real real worried and so i'm guessing that this uh secret society of creeps who are using women for science is going to be the overarching bad guy in this story just seems likely and I feel like Rago has got to come in at some point. He does. You should read the other books. Oh, is he in one of them? He's not the main character, but he's in uh, He's in a couple of them. Oh, let's he, get a main character story for Rago. That's what I was saying. Yes, I yeah. want to talk about him for sure. She's coming out with Fayhook, but I want, yeah, I want Rago for sure. Yeah. Very curious uh, about those horns. Yes. Because we've read books where the horns were sensitive. Yes. Are they sexy horns? I don't know. That's what I want to know. Yes. I want to know. Mm-hmm. She's got to write that book. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So Rego and Theo rescue Jade in time. Of course, she's unconscious because she sustained some injuries and she wakes up a few days later and is pregnant and mated. I liked this world, but there were certainly some things that were a little bit problematic. Would you want to live here? Yes. Okay. Would you? I don't know. I don't know that I would enjoy the whole breeding situation that women are put in. Like, yes, they are respected and valued and treated well. Um, I don't know if I would enjoy the whole... You have to get married every, every so often and the pressure to procreate. That's true. But 
also it sounds gorgeous there like they have a black sand beach their forest sounds really pretty they've got winged being somewhere like you know um it sounds <laughs> they have these really peaceful areas it sounds gorgeous i want to go live there and you don't have to worry about health care or starving to death or not having shelter okay sure we'll go live there i feel like that's really on brand for you that response <laughs> yeah vicky doesn't want to have kids but if the chart like if the the scenery is nice enough <laughs> <laughs> i don't have to raise the child right <laughs> no i take it back up. this is the perfect place for you <laughs> Guys, <laughs> do we want to talk about our quotes? Yeah, let's talk about our quotes. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? No. Okay, great. I just wanted to make sure. So I picked one. Uh, Jade's talking to herself, and is after she's had a frustrating encounter with Theo, and she goes, "Should have picked them in pretty. Always picked them in pretty, Jade." And I just found it kind of funny because it's in total contrast to the rest of the book. And it's just kind of a funny sentiment in general. Dumb and pretty. But that's not what, you know, you want somebody who challenges you a little bit. Yeah. But I like that just in contrast to the whole book. That's like exactly the opposite point of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. So I liked this quote. Theo says this to Jade. My life before, as I knew it, ended when I met you have a care for my life now this is such a vulnerable moment for him mm-hmm. uh, he's basically putting his life his trust in this person who is a complete stranger which they all do that but he also thinks that this person might actually be a threat to his livelihood and his safety because he still thinks that she's a spy and he doesn't like, not able to completely trust her at this point so i just really liked theo and i liked this display of vulnerability for our big mercenary predator man. Well, that wraps up Choosing Theo by Victoria Aveline. Aveline. Join us next week for Dead Moons Rising by Jack Whitney. And this is our first episode of 2022. So happy new year. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.